just here for the beer. Sportsnet 650 presents Just Here for the Beer, Canada's original dedicated beer radio show. I don't mean to have a one-track mind, but all I need is a frosty pine. A Vancouver tradition for 10 years and counting. We're talking about the BC beer scene with the innovators, the movers and shakers, and brew makers of the industry. And I don't mean to whine and beg, but someone finally tap that keg. I'm just here for the beer. It's just here for the beer radio with your hosts, Joe Leary and Rick Mohabir. Just here for the beer for radio on Sportsnet 650 AM, 96.9 FM, HD3. Available through all streaming services as well. Broadcasting from the John B. and supported by Angry Otter. A customer favorite Angry Otter lager is back in stock. New cans, a new look, and a brand new partnership now with Yellowtail Beer. Visit your closest Angry Otter liquor and pick up a four-pack today. It is Joe Leary and Rick Mohabir. And producer Greg, we're sitting here with the folks from Barnside Brewing. Glenn Hutton is the sales manager. Sabrina Witter is the consumer engagement coordinator. What a wonderful term. Yes, sir. Welcome. Good to see you. Been a long time. I think it was about this time last year. I think uh, we did something it's in November, It's been a while, December. yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, think Ken was involved. Yeah, exactly. So Barnside Brewing, a uh, beautiful location uh, in, uh, in Delta, one of a couple of breweries in Delta. There's a scene in Delta. And... Um, First of all, let's talk about an event you had just a couple of months ago because I saw it on social media and it looked spectacular, the Harvest Fest. Yeah, Barnside Harvest Festival. It was uh, the first time that we've had a chance to, uh, I guess, really showcase uh, Delta. Um, The city has been wonderful and and went through with approval. Uh, We held a three-day music festival incorporating a a farmer's market as well as a vendor market. And then we had a a dog day specific on Sunday, Paw Pals Electric Circus. It was great. Now, where did the idea come from? Um, I think it's all, we've always wanted to be community-based. Took some time to figure out how to go about it. And the city was unbelievable, so fast. Uh, The coordination was done incredibly quick. Um, it brought the community together. It's talked about everywhere I go to this minute. And you, you've created a monster because when you have a successful first one, <laughs> you iron out a lot of the kinks for sure. But then you go, man, we got to do that again. And, and we got to try and improve a little bit on this or, or maybe well, do then, less of that. Yeah, but well, then everybody's talking yeah. about it, right? It's yeah. like, what are you doing? What are you, you doing? What are you doing? Frankenstein what are you doing? Here. So. We got lots of suggestions on yeah. how to improve, as we all do, and we take those to heart. But I think Sabrina and the the crew there has ironed out and discussed what's yeah. going to happen, and I, Sabrina can give more, but we're excited for a second one. Um, so this this year, your headliner was Sheepdogs. Sheepdogs on the Friday night, yeah. 9,000 people. Right. Saturday night was 5440, yeah. about 12,000. Wow. Total 23,000 for three days. So I, I don't want to get into specifics here, but I mean, I've been involved in staging events like this. They ain't cheap. There, there's there's a lot of people that you need to bring, because you need to bring a complete infrastructure into something that has nothing. Yes, so sir. for yeah. staging and for yeah, transportation yeah. and security and Washrooms sanitation and, and all that garbage. sort of stuff. It's, all those things. It's a all ton those of things. work. Yeah. yeah, you know, we, we were very fortunate to work with a, a show producer that has been in the industry for about 15 years and putting on shows of this scale and this caliber. Uh, John Donnelly is quite lovely, and he works very hard uh, to make sure that we we made a splash with our first big event, and it's it's already planned and ready to yeah. go for next year. Good for you. We, we have almost booked 
select uh, most of our headliners. The announcement will come out early next year. But uh, moving forward, everything has been approved, and we're very excited about it. So in addition to uh, a festival, which again is now an annual event, presumably an annual oh, yes. event. Oh, yes. Yep. We hope to make Have it. Have you yep. targeted the dates for 2024 yet? We have, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. they're playing it close to the best. There's, announcements, there's <laughs> announcements to be coming. Is that what I can understand? There, yes. Um, okay. So uh, coming out relatively soon, we're going to be doing sort of a recap video and a thank you to all of our sponsors uh, on so on our socials. Right. Uh, and uh, we're going to let it sort of rest and play out and, and, and relax a little bit for the winter time. And, and I believe early April right. is when we'll come out with the dates and right. uh, with the headliners and... and what we've got coming to the city again. Well, I understand in addition to uh, another festival, you have some expansion plans. Are they underway or are yeah, they on the works? Pretty crazy. We have uh, we just came back from a great award. We just got the BC Tra- Ale Trail Best Brewery Experience. Yes. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah, Which is yeah. a massive... Worked hard for that. The staff worked very hard. Sabrina worked hard. Um, to make it better, we are making a fully enclosed patio. Um, the structure is going up now. The sides in the back won't go on for some time, but it'll, you'll be able to enjoy it. No tent, full heat. So that area that was out front, that was traditionally grass and bark mulch and whatever. Yeah, marquee tent for the last uh, couple of years. Two thirds is going to be covered. Yeah. One third will still be still open. Be open. Yeah. Picnic yes. tables and so forth. But just a more year round structure. The tasting room does incredibly well. We've hired some great people to run the kitchen. Makes a difference. Yeah. So it adds to the atmosphere, and it's a draw. I mean, truly, you better have good food if oh, you definitely. want to be in this business. Well, it's funny we should have this conversation, because if you look at the, the way that tasting rooms have morphed, yes. uh, some in some cases, they're full-on restaurants almost, Absolutely. right? And I think it's incumbent upon you, because gone are the days of just a pepperoni stick or a bag of chips is really going to cut it. Yeah. You kind of need to keep people engaged, and you're getting people from all walks of life every demographic, young, old, pet-friendly or not, and you, you need to sort of keep them there and, and give them a reason to stay. And, you know, no disrespect to the, the beer, which is what brings them initially, but man does not live by bread alone, right? The, the old proverb By goes, beer alone. Well, by beer some alone. of us can. Yeah, 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 I do sometimes. You do need great food. Yeah. We grow an acre of food across the street on the farm. I was going to say, you're pretty unique in that respect. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And we've hired a, we've hired a Michelin star chef to work there. Wow. Um, Wow. They're taking the menu in different places. So we're really excited for the next year in the tasting room. There's going to be tons of changes and hope we grow on the experience. So in addition to beer, and by the way, what have you, uh, what have you brought here today? I have brought our newest release out today, packaged today, which is a Czech dark lager. Super fresh. Um, Made with 50% of our grain, 50% Czech grain. And then I brought our first entry into the non-elk product lineup. Sober, curious menus growing in every liquor store, every restaurant. Well, you know what? We're uh, Some of us at this table are old enough to remember the days of non-alcoholic beer. I think it was called O'Doul's. O'Doul's, yes. And uh, no disrespect, O'Doul's, if you're still around producing it, but I hope you've improved the recipe because well, it didn't really get the job. There's competition now. Yeah, there's serious competition now. And the, the real test, I tried, a, I tried a non-out Guinness the other night. Yes. Now, I'm not a big Guinness drinker, but I could appreciate the taste of it. It tasted pretty close to me. I heard it's very, very good. Yeah. I want to clarify, this is not a non-alcoholic beer. Okay. This is hop water, sparkling hop water. Okay. So it is our hops, water, 
when you open it, you get hop on the nose, big hop features, you drink it, and it's like grapefruit and sparkling hop water. Okay. Uh, nice. Tons of citrus. Crystal clear. It is. Crystal clear. Came out relatively quickly in late August. Um, it is now in Thrifty's, Choices, and Safeways. Um, and many, many private liquor stores. Well, and that's that's another advantage to being on the, the non-elk side, is that you can get into shoppers, drug exactly. marts, and places like that, which only brings the curiosity the to, name. to the it name. It builds a brand. It does, exactly. absolutely. It really builds a brand. The product is wonderful. I don't drink a whole lot of water, as many of my friends would know. Um, but I do drink this. There's, there's great qualities to it. The well, brand is sexy as hell. Soda water in a vodka soda, that kind of counts, doesn't it? And this would go along with those This lines. is very nice with gin. Okay. Oh, just, there you go. Just saying oh, wow. that, that yeah. little bit of lemon just saying, and citrus. I like that. Just, just, saying. just saying. Not that you've experimented no, with no, no, this no. or anything. I have no idea. Um, I've heard through the grapevine <laughs> from so, other people. Okay, so to recap, Harvest Fest 2, are you calling it Harvest Fest 2? Sure. Ah, second and, annual. Yeah, second annual. So have you been, and, and again, you're not going to reveal anything, I get it. But have you been having little conversations? Hey, you know who would be cool to try and get? Maybe this person or that person. Have you been oh, yeah. having those convos? To be honest with you, Joe, um, we we have almost cemented the entire right. three-day list of right. bands. It starts at 4 o'clock on Friday, and it goes until 10 o'clock. Uh, Saturday music will start at 1 p.m. and go until 10 o'clock p.m. And then on Sunday, we'll start at noon, I do believe, and go until 6. And and it's, you know, half-hour sets for the, the small local showcases. And then it'll get into 45 minutes to an hour for a few of the, the big opening acts. And then the headliners will be full on. Here we go. Uh, looking forward to it. And when do you plan to uh, reveal uh, any any deets that might be forthcoming? As far as I know, the, the tips will start coming out in, like, March, April. There will be a date release follow our, in early follow December. Our Instagram. Yeah. Early in December. early December, there will be a date release. A date so we can we'll save the date on our calendar. Correct. Gotcha. Send hints for Christmas presents. <laughs> Say, look out oh, for definitely. the sales. Barnside Harvest Festival is our Instagram. Um, we'll be releasing things soon. Okay, and you are on River Road. Give us, give us your address. Uh, 6655 60th, 60 Avenue in Delta. So it's, if, 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 just give, um, go through right the tunnel. Right by the Delta Cascades New Casino. Okay, the, the Delta yeah. Cascades exactly. New Casino. Right across casino. the street. Turn yeah. right and Three minutes from left. Four Winds. Our neighbors are just up and around the corner and, in Tilbury. We're on the east side of the highway. And you've got a beautiful actual barn. Barnside Brewing. Barnside it's a beautiful Brewing. actual facility. Yeah. Glenn Hutton and Sabrina Witter, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, pleasure. Oh, Always lovely to see you guys. You bet. Thank Cheers. You. to Just Here for the Beer Radio on Sportsnet 650 AM and 96.9 FM HD3, Canada's original dedicated beer radio broadcast for over a decade. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at JHFTB. It's Just Here for the Beer Radio and your hosts Joe Leary and Rick Mohabir. Just here for the Beer Radio Broadcast and Podcast. We're located today from the John B. Pub on Austin Avenue in Coquitlam. Broadcasting on Sportsnet and available for streaming in all major streaming services. Just here for the Beer is sponsored by Angry Otter Liquor with 29 locations across B.C. and a great contest going on. You can win a one-year car lease with Angry Otter Liquor and Molson Canadian. This is on until December 31st. Visit a location near you. Purchase a participating product. Coors Light 2-4 packs of Vizzy for your chance to win. 
Uh, we are doing, a, we do two shows a year at the John B. And this, of course, even though it says November, this is technically Christmas because they've Christmas it all up here. So it's looking nice. And it's always a pleasure to welcome the folks from Whistler Brewing. We've got Andrew yeah. Shunin, who is the marketing manager. And uh, he, he brought in the heavy hitter on this Yeah, one. the big cheese is here. Mike Carpenter, the VP of sales, joins us. Welcome to both of you guys. How you been? Thanks, Joe. Doing well. Yeah. Doing Thanks, great. Tis the season, isn't it? T- tis the season, Absolutely. Exactly. And, and I love because whenever we and we did the show I think last November or December here as well mm-hmm. and you've always been very generous with your little keepsakes for us but uh, you brought some very seasonal beers Andrew. absolutely you know um, every time to- every you know during this time of year every year we uh, we bring out a few specialties um, of course we start with our Whistler chestnut ale you'll be able to find that through the fall and the winter it's well known people love it's it it's lovely it's a lovely of course beer. we bring out our bomber of the the Whistler Winter Dunkel. And, uh, you know, I've always described it as a Terry's chocolate orange in a bottle. It's absolutely wonderful. Larry's. Larry's. Larry's chocolate. Oh, yes. Okay. Hey, you know what? I don't know how far back that product dates, but maybe they tried your beer and made a a product. Ah, Who knows? Who knows? It's it's a good possibility, but uh, we always launch this one. People seem to love it. It just works well. It's a perfect stocking stuffer. And, uh, and a little blast from the past, something we haven't done in a few years as well, is we, uh, we launch our Black Tusk, or relaunch our Black Tusk chocolate milk ale. So it's a chocolate milk ale version of our Black Tusk. And uh, some people, actually people out there are really excited about it. I, you know, people were asking me over the course of the summer, you got to bring this one back. And, you know, we gave it some thought and said, well, yeah, why not? Why not uh, bring this one on a limited uh, edition and, uh, and get it out to some stores and, and make some people ha- extra happy for this upcoming holiday season? Well, uh, Mike, a question from the sales perspective. Like, you know, you, you see what works, what doesn't, what works seasonally, what doesn't. Is, do seasonal beers, do they serve a purpose? Can you make seasonal beers, year-round beers, or is it better from a sales perspective to limit their availability? I've always been under the adage, it's got to come and it's got to go. Be special in the market. Don't have it sit around on shelf forever. Um, The Terry's Chocolate Orange is fantastic. Um, Sorry. (laughs) The Winter Dunkel, it is a fantastic beer, but it is very seasonal. Like, you don't want to have that in a 35-degree day in July. Yeah, Yeah, very true. You know, four degrees, five degrees out, it's raining. You need to be comfortable inside, you know. Kids are outside playing soccer. You're in the car. (laughs) It serves a purpose. Okay, yes, it it does. It serves a purpose. So, um, always a fan of having things be special. Yeah. Don't sit around too long. Um, You know, we've had a few people ask us, like, you're still doing in the bomber. Everybody's going to cans now. Like, how have you guys found it going to the bomber? And it's been great. Right. You know, we're one of those few unique beers left in BC that iconically do come in a 650 mil uh, single serve glass bottle. I think if I'm not mistaken, the bomber kind of went by the wayside because of the size of it and with, with so much different craft product being available out there, yeah. stores were having a harder and harder, I mean, I, maybe I'm just pulling this out of my rear end, I don't know, but it, it was harder to find shelf space, so smaller was better and bombers just didn't, is that is there even possible, a shred of truth to that or am I just making it up? Yeah, I, I'm going to do this. <laughs> I'm going to put the fingers in money. 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 There you go. Yeah. Cans are, are cheaper to source. Yeah. You can um, ship more of them. They're lighter. Yeah. They are more environmentally friendly in, in the overall grand scheme of things, but it does add a little bit different to the taste of the beer. Yeah. You know, the aluminum versus a glass bottle, and, and you'll have consumers on either way. Prefer aluminum, prefer glass. Um, I definitely think it, it changes the beer slightly, mm-hmm. but um, you know, some beers I think are just specialty and should be in 
and one of the things I like about the the, the bombers is it's it's giftable, right? Absolutely. To somebody who doesn't necessarily not necessarily a big craft drinker, you want to give them something special that you could share with them, maybe one or two drinks or a couple of sips out of it. This is definitely something I think that to find in a stocking, it definitely works better. It would weigh down the stocking, but it's, well, a, it's, a, it's a gift well received nonetheless. So when a, a brand as established as Whistler Brewing, and Whistler's been around a good deal of time now, are you still, think, I mean, do you stick with the cores or are you looking for new and innovative twists on, on the product? I'm asking a real sneaky sales yeah, question. Yeah, no, I know. I'm not, I'm not applying you, you for put, a job, yeah, just so you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, um, Andrew, you take this one. I think that you always have at least, you know, three, four, five beers in your core. And those are the ones that consumers know really well. Um, they're tried and true. And... And that makes up your kind of like your base. Then you, we always want to try and develop a few new beers every year. Um, and from there, we see, okay, the consumers like it. Um, what did they think of it? And if, if we've got something that's really catching fire, we, uh, you know, we take a serious look and see about like essentially graduates to, to the next level. And then we consider bringing that out on a, uh, on a more fuller time basis. So, you know, you run a lot of little pilot projects in your brewery and you have people try it and you do something on a very limited scale and sometimes some of those beers start, become the great new thing for you and, uh, and you end up promoting those and, and bringing them on the other hand, up. On the other hand, from a brewer's side of it, right, it gives the brewer an opportunity to get out there and really test his legs or her legs, mm-hmm. excuse me, as well. Um, sure. And to give, keep those creative juices flowing a little bit rather than doing, and, and no knock on the tried and true, Right, you, because consistency, right? You want that, but to to be able, it's no different than a chef, right? Like you don't want to always put out spaghetti, right? You you want to do something a little bit different. So um, the other thing I was going to ask you is that generally, when one thinks of beer drinking season, we probably think of the spring, summer, fall months versus the winter months. But you've got a good winter lineup. But I'm guessing also that the brand really benefits from the winter because of your location and the fact that you're in Function Junction, you're in the arguably the top ski resort destination in the world, or certainly one <laughs> yeah. of the top two or three, uh, and you must get a lot of new eyes every year on the brand Whistler Brewing. Absolutely. Uh, you know, this is uh, this is a big week for Whistler Blackholm and the Village of Whistler. Um, it's uh, essentially a kickoff to the ski season. We know we know the story behind Whistler Blackholm. Is, the, is there much snow up there yet? It's, it's, I don't know if there, I don't think there's as much as last year. Okay. There is some base in the higher alpine, obviously. So, but hopefully last night or last few days, we've gotten a, a decent dumping. And, you know, it continues to, to build and build. But, uh, but this is officially kickoff week. So we start getting quite a few visitors. And, um, and certainly, um, given the fact that we are Whistler Brewing, and that association with uh, a world-class ski resort definitely helps. And so we always get lots of visitors and, um, and things go well for us. You know what I think is funny is that the, considering how cool Whistler is, and I know that you're always on the road, Andrew, and Mike, your office is downtown. So you don't even get a chance to spend that much time in what is possibly the best, the coolest ski resort in the world. Yeah, it, it is fantastic. And... and they let me out of the office like one day. I, I get one day to roam, roam free. And, and But you're right. Joe Whistler, we get 
emails from across the world, people who come to Whistler, I had your chestnut ale, I've had your bear paw honey lager, your pilsner, they're all over the US, the UK, across Canada, South America, Australia, like fans from all over the world and it is definitely advantageous for us to have the brewery where we you know, really work and play. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, it's a big benefit, and, uh, and we wouldn't have it any other way. It's, it's so much fun to be up there, especially at this time of year. So I want to talk about your packaging because uh, you guys have been eco-friendly for as long as I can recall, and I think there was a major push. You certainly were innovators or certainly leaders in that respect. Is that correct? Yeah, definitely. The, um, the craft beer in box and getting rid of the six-pack ring years ago, definitely we were one of the leaders in that trend. Um, but what we've done lately, and, and Andrew can speak to this a little bit more again, this is his brainchild, but with the six-pack plastic rings going, um, we've gone to a product called Earth Rings. Now, Earth Rings uses about 80 to 90% less cardboard That's correct. than a traditional beer box. So, you know, you see how many Amazon boxes are at your yeah. doorstep every day. Like, there's not an infinite amount of cardboard out there, and it's definitely kind of running thin. So for us, we're like, how can we limit our footprint um, carbon footprint on the world and, and kind of use less to do the same job. So, you know, Earthwings is kind of, you know, what Andrew and the team came up with. For sure. And, you know, uh, being located in Whistler and in the mountains and what surrounds us uh, <laughs> everywhere you look is trees. And so we are definitely, you know, friends of the trees and we are big on, uh, on respecting our environment. So this was the right time to, uh, to launch Earthwings. It reduces our cardboard footprint and at the same time still gives uh, consumers that ability to, to have that, you know, easy to pick up and, uh, and accessible and you feel a little better about yourself because you're, you're going, you know, you're using less cardboard at the same time. Uh, okay, so once again, the Black Tusk Chocolate Milk Ale. Limited, just, limited time only. That just <laughs> sounds delicious. I, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to digging into yeah, that one. Yeah. Um, and the uh, the one that says, tastes surprising, like uh, a popular Christmas uh, stocking stuffer, <laughs> the uh, Winter Dunkel. Again, you said these are limited times, and the chestnut round is uh, is back again. So what's the plans for the uh, the holiday season? Just going to kick back? You going to shut the brewery down, or what do you do? Keep it going year-round? Well, we swim in the tanks. We swim in the it's like Homer Simpson. You're jumping in the tanks at the end of the night. <laughs> no, I think this year, local, uh, yeah. spending time with friends and family. Yeah. And, and yeah. yeah. Keeping it simple. Well, I know it sounds weird, but I mean, this is our, this is, this is a month, we're a month away. A month away, a month away yeah. from, from Christmas, so it's not too soon to ask. Uh, Mike Carpenter is the VP of Sales for Whistler Brewing, and uh, Andrew Shunin is the marketing manager. Always a pleasure to see you guys. Thanks so much for joining us, and have a great holiday season. Thanks, Joe. Thanks, Rick. Cheers. Thanks Cheers. so much. It's awesome. Great to see you guys, and, yeah, have a great, great holiday season and a, uh, a good start to 2024. We will. Thank you. Right on. This is Just Here for the Beer Radio on Sportsnet 650 AM and 96.9 HD3, a Vancouver broadcast tradition since 2010. Check out the audio podcast at justhereforthebeer.com and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at JHFTB. Here again are your hosts, Joe Leary and Rick Moabeer. It is Just Here for the Beer Radio, which is brought to you in part by Shop Angry Otter Liquor Stores, where local lives. 28 locations from Vancouver to the Okanagan. It's British Columbia's premier liquor shopping experience. 
with something for everyone. Joe Larry and Rick Mohabir, our social media handles at JHFTB. We're also available for streaming, previous podcasts. And, Rick, we've got a guest on the phone from Washington State. Now, I used to spend a lot of time going across the line when I lived, when I lived in Surrey. And uh, Blaine was my, my prime location because a buddy of mine used to own a, a, a late great tavern on Peace Portal Drive. But uh, I spent a lot of time in, in Blaine and the Birch Bay area. Jake Gobell is our guest. He is the Director of Operations of Beach Cat Brewing in Birch Bay, Washington. Jake, nice to have you on the show. How are you doing? I am doing fantastic, guys. Thank you so much for having me. I'm uh, I'm excited to to chat about beer. Uh, well, as are we, because that's kind of our thing. We've been doing this broadcast podcast uh, over 13 years now, and uh, you know we're just amazed to see all of these areas that have become craft beer hubs. You knew it was a matter of time before just across the border, Burt's Bay would join in the fray. Because obviously there's a great beer scene in Bellingham and a killer beer scene in Seattle. So were, what was the, your impetus? When, when did you decide, you know what, it's time that we had something in the Blaine, Burt's Bay area? Uh, in about November of 2019, I was working at another brewery down in Bellingham and decided that I wanted to branch out and do my own thing, but I didn't want to do it necessarily where all of the other craft brewery market, you know, was, which is down in Bellingham. Um, We really wanted to focus on an area that was underserved, that had people that loved craft beer and wanted to have a good craft beer experience, but not necessarily have to drive all the way down to Bellingham to get it. and we happened to start, you know, brewing beer in our garage. And in February of 2020, we signed a lease for a spot, a small 1,600-square-foot tap room spot in Birch Bay and started construction in March 2020. Was the response immediate? And the reason I asked that, Jake, is because having spent a lot of time in Blaine, Washington, uh, where the row of taverns, it's too, it's too easy to have a Coors Light or a Bud Light or a Bud. Was there a, a pardon the pun, was there a real thirst for craft beer when you opened your doors? Oh, yeah. We, uh, the, the second day after I came and looked at the location in Birch Bay, I received a phone call from the Birch Bay Chamber of Commerce asking if there was anything that I needed because they heard that I was looking to open a brewery and they were so beyond excited. They were wanting to help with whatever they could. Um, that alone was just such a cool experience. I mean, I, I wasn't even 100% in yet. I was still on the fence. I looked at the spot, saw a lot of work that needed to get done. Um, but to have the community already reaching out and already saying that we need something like this, we want something in our area, we want to be able to have a community atmosphere that's centered around craft beer was such a cool experience that it just drove me instantly to want to open in this area because the people in the area were were definitely thirsty for craft beer, but they definitely wanted an experience, right? They wanted to come in, see how beer was made, see the process, be able to speak to people that understood the process so that we can help kind of provide a craft beer education and experience rather than just a place that sells beer, right? And we feel, after three years of operations, we've definitely received a lot of feedback from locals that are very happy with the, you know, the experience that you get when you come to Beach Cat 
and the experience you get when you come to Birch Bay because it's created a new life in Birch Bay, which has been just just awesome to see. And that's the thing that we always talk about with the with the craft beer industry, right? It's always been something that's been local, something that's been very community oriented, and and it, it it sort of brings life back into a certain area again, right? Because <clears throat> not to say that people do it, but you know sometimes you get stuck in a rut and you're always doing the same thing. You're going always to the same local watering hole. You just want something different and unique, right? Absolutely. One of the best things that we offer, you know, it's it's part of our mission statement is we're all about community collaboration and craft beer. So we we focus on doing things to better our community. Focus on ways of collaborating with other people, like just just here for the beer, uh, chamber of commerce. You know, other bars, restaurants, breweries, like we're all about collaboration. And the thing for us is teaching people about craft beer because there's so much knowledge that is in the craft beer world that not everybody knows about, like the process, how beer is made, how different styles of beer are made, um, and why we do the things that we do. I mean, it's a labor of love for a lot of us. We do this because doing our regular nine to five day jobs was not as fulfilling as making beer and being able to sit down and over a beer and talk to people um and it's brought a, a, a new life just like you were saying joe that has has created a, a, a wonderful community feeling in birch bay um where lots of people come to beach cat to make new friends to make new acquaintances to share ideas and thoughts over a beer which is just such a huge part of why i fell in love with this industry in the first place well, Jake Gabell is the Director of Operations of Beach Cat Brewing in Birch Bay, Washington. Jake, I know we've been in the planning stages. We're looking to do a show from down there, hopefully from your tasting room, in February of 2024. Both Rick and I are serious hopheads. Tell me you got a real killer IPA on your menu. Oh, our best seller is uh, a beer called Tortoise Shell. It's a hazy IPA. I mean, the haze craze has been in the craft beer industry for, you know, six plus years now, and it really hasn't shown any signs of stopping. I mean, there's definitely variations of different IPAs that are coming out. We, we make a black IPA that's actually become really popular, oh, too. Wow. It's a mainstay that we make. Um, but our hazy IPA tortoise shell is definitely our best seller. It's Citra, Cascade, Amarillo. Um really soft bitterness with a lot of fruit forward characteristics from the flavor and the aroma um really not a heavy body in the beer too so it has lots of crushability or drinkability to it which is really nice for especially their summer um we fly through that beer so that's that's our best beer that we we make and our our flagship beer if you will um Personally, for me, I, I look at IPAs as a, a Washington State staple because Washington State provides 71% of the United States with the hops that they have, um, and it provides 51% of the world hops, which wow. is just an incredible thing that Yakima Valley does when it comes to like hop production and, and just the, the infrastructure stuff that they have in place over there is just, just incredible. Um, for me, I know I know a lot of beer drinkers, especially in Washington State, that are over the you know hot bombs like the Space Dust and the yeah. super hoppy IPAs that you know will ruin your palate for hours on end. Um, <laughs> definitely more of a lager drinker myself. I, I particularly like our black lager that we make called Bagheera. 
roasty, coffee flavored, really nice drinking. Um, but yeah, that's, we have the, the best thing that Beach Cat offers is that we have a huge variety menu and we brew a lot of different styles of beer because that's what we're into. We're into making new styles of beer. We're into making beers that, you know, like today we're releasing a pumpkin beer, right? And we, we've been holding off on this pumpkin beer for about three years now, but we're actually going to be pouring it out of a pumpkin today and doing pumpkin carving and having all this stuff, which is going to be really fun. Um, but that's the, the other part of the community atmosphere that we have is we get people to try new beers that may have only had like IPAs or mainly only had lagers. They come in, they're like, you know what, I'll try the pumpkin beer and see how it is, or I'll try the black black IPA and see how it is. And we end up getting a lot of people that, you know, the, the most famous one is, oh, I don't drink IPAs, and then they drink yeah. tortoiseshell or have a little sample of tortoiseshell. Yeah. They're like, oh my gosh, what is this? Like, I love this beer. And it's like, ah, it's an IPA, I gotcha. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's pretty good, though. Well, that, um, that is a uh, that's yeah. a really good introduction to Beach Cat Brewing. You're active on social media. We encourage people to follow your Instagram account. And, uh, and and Jake, we're looking at hopefully you know fingers crossed and everything everything works out. We're looking at doing a show from from Beach Cat Brewing in February. Thank you for taking time and uh, best of continued success to you. Absolutely, guys. Thank you so much for having me. I look forward to February. Thank you. Cheers. to Just Here for the Beer Radio on Sportsnet 650 AM and 96.9 FM HD3, Canada's original dedicated beer radio broadcast for over a decade. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at JHFTB. It's Just Here for the Beer Radio and your host Joe Leary and Rick Mohabir. It is Just Here for the Beer Radio, broadcasting on Sportsnet 650 AM, also 96.9 FM HD3, and available for streaming through all streaming services. Joe Leary and Rick Mohabir, the show, of course, being recorded from the John B. Pub. However, I'm taking a little step aside uh, to meet my good buddy and friend of the show, longtime friend of the show, Mark Roberts from Backcountry Brewing. Um, how are you doing, sir? It's been a while. Awesome. So good to see you. It has it's, been a while. It's, it's been months. It, it's been amazing to see you. And, and, and also, I think the last time that we sat together, we were talking about, and I want to say it was early spring. Yep. And you were about to introduce your patio. Yep. Backcountry in Squamish. So I'm presuming everything went according to plan. Your patio is now open or has been open. It has been open. Okay. Uh, I mean, it was only a, a few minor glitches, but to be honest with you, we opened up uh, by by June. We only have our five months of the year. It's uh, We did two shipping containers. So when we went by the brewery, we, we took it down 10 days ago now. Um, it was side-by-side. Side, awesome. Fantastic to have during summer. Lost the sun. Uh, we'll have it next year from May to October. So if you're in Squamish, May to October, please swing by. Super cool vibe. Staff did an amazing job. And you get a look at all the beautiful mountains and beautiful sun. Well, I mean, it's a really picturesque setting where, where you are. And, of course, you're literally halfway between the city of Vancouver and, and, and Whistler. Um, and Squamish is really growing and in terms of more and more offerings because I think, I think it's probably... 
council in Squamish, tourism in Squamish, they realize that, you know what, you don't need to go all the way further up. There's a whole lot yeah. going on down here. And I know that the beer scene is certainly growing as well. A hundred percent. So rumors have it there's three new breweries opening up in the next... Uh, three. Three. Wow. Uh, in the next few years, which is great for us. Uh, so yeah. we become a, a, a bigger hub. Also with Whistler, Whistler's fantastic. Uh, it's an hour less drive up to Squamish. We have great trails, great uh, for hiking, uh, for mountain biking. Fishing is fantastic if you're a fisher, if you're a fisher person. Uh, the lakes are phenomenal, so and it's an easy day trip. So come up, hit the lakes, hit the trails, come by backcountry, have some pizza, have some food, and check out some of the local shops. So for those that don't make the trek up to see the sky often, and I know you do quite often, uh, if I'm sitting, say, in central Vancouver, south Vancouver, east Vancouver, uh, on an average day, barring any unforeseen traffic circumstances, how long does it take me to get up to Squamish? An hour and eight minutes. An hour and eight minutes. Okay, that's not a big commitment. No, and that's like, and that's not late at night, early in the right, morning. Right. That's kind of like okay. not rush hour, but during the peak time. Right. So I split my time between Vancouver and Squamish, and driving through downtown is longer. Is longer <laughs> than going like from the from the, right. from Lionsgate. If yeah. you're in Burnaby, it yeah. will take you less time than yeah. for me to Vancouver. Yeah. Okay, so there's the best endorsement ever as to why you should spend more time in Squamish. Okay, let's talk about backcountry brewing. Uh, now you've obviously brought a few little gifts along, but what um, what's what's the big what's the big killer on the menu right now? Uh, so right now we've done some uh, imperial stouts. So we've done a few in the past uh, the past years. So we minimum age them for one year in bourbon barrels. Okay. So we have some Heaven Hill uh, bourbon barrels. You can't get Heaven Hill in Canada, only in the states. So. What do we have right now? We have RAC Destiny Coconuts Migrate. It's a barrel aged stout. We did it a few years ago. Canned is super sexy. A reference to Monty Python. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> um, I actually just had my first uh, my first sample today of it. Okay. We just canned it. Unbelievable. And then we'll do about another four uh, Imperial Stouts over the next like, few so weeks. So w- when I think of Imperial Stouts, um, just by virtue of the name, it sounds heavy, and it sounds a little large in terms of that number ABV. Where are we sitting at here? Uh, so everything comes with a bit of an ish yeah. uh, to the end of it, so between 10 and 12% ish. Okay. Like, not for all the beers, but right, uh, right. so a coconut's migrate is 10%. So maybe like 10.2. And you said that this is aged a year. Yeah. So is this something that if you're a beer nerd or just a beer collector, you could cellar this for a while and yep. it only gets better with age? So you can ladder it. So yeah. as long as it's kept in good conditions, don't right. keep it by your boiler, right. a fridge, or your garage, and then, um, yeah, so you just ladder them, like a lot of other breweries have done that, or like a lot of great beers out there. So you get last year's, get this year's, and get next year's, and then, then try them over time. And you actually really get to explore like how the beer like matures within, uh, within the can. Um, cans are really good for beer because it yeah. protects it from light. Uh, yeah, it's super exciting. Like, it's... They're big, but they're like a ton of flavor. You get it's like a sweet heat from the alcohol at the end. It's not going to burn you. Like I say, like like a hard vodka, but it adds like to the flavor of the beer. And I think they're they're best no enjoyed when you know you're in for the evening. In for the evening, and don't <laughs> drink it cold. Right. Like get like a nice little goblet, warm your hands, right. sit by the fire, yeah. get a bearskin rug out there. Okay. You're good. So how's everything going in the tasting room? I know that uh, you got a pretty good food program going there. Uh, it's been yeah. a while since Rick and I have actually ventured up to see the sky, but we're definitely due. And 
we're you know fingers crossed we're looking to uh, do a show uh, in in the spring of 2024. Can't believe I'm saying the word 2024. Crazy, right? It is crazy. But uh, so what's what's going on in the tasting room these days? Uh, so we actually expanded our tasting room. Uh, so last time we met, we just opened it up. So Jules, our head chef, is, he's always come up with new stuff. It's phenomenal. Actually, coming out next week, uh, it's going to be two new sandwiches and a new pizza. Okay. So swing by. I haven't even had them yet. Right. Uh, and then our barrel program for all these Imperial Stouts, we actually call it the Barrel Lounge. So when you're actually in the Barrel Lounge, you can actually see the barrels with the beers aging for next year. So it's a bit more of an adult room, um, a little bit warmer, a little bit darker. As a full fireplace, it's phenomenal. So the tasting room is, yeah, it's doing better than, uh, than we had hoped. So. Well, we always like to uh, remind people, uh, you know, if you've not been that way before or haven't been that way in a and while. And shame on you. There's, there's, a great, there's, a great scene, there's a great scene in Squamish. Squamish is, just, is not just a, a, a gas fill-up stop like it used to be, okay? Um, it's, it's, it's more than the midway point to, to Whistler. It's, it's, a, it's a great little destination all on its own. Beer community is growing in leaps and bounds. And um, when you're going up the Sea to Sky Highway, what is the easiest direction you can give to find backcountry okay. brewing? So it is the third traffic light. So <laughs> miss the McDonald, go past the McDonald's, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then your next one is a Tim Hortons. Go past that, okay. and then there's a Walmart. You hang a left there. So there's a new Dairy Queen right behind the Dairy Queen. It's kind of <laughs> a big deal. We eat a lot of Dairy Queen, um, and then there's a Home Depot there. Um, yeah, it, it's three stops in. Well, as we like to say, when you're close by, just roll down your window and listen for the laugh. <laughs> I'm only up there one day a week now, so okay. I spend a lot of time on the road. Look for my forerunner. <laughs> Mark Roberts, what a pleasure as always. Uh, um, so good to see and, you guys. What have you, just before we go here, what, what, have, you, uh, what have you dropped off here? Uh, so I, I dropped one of our core beers off, the Trailbreaker Pale Ale, yeah. which is actually a dollar off at government stores right now. That's called, what we call a limited time offering. Yeah, yes, limited course. time offering. So, um, yeah, so all government liquor stores will have that. Uh, it's just a beautiful uh, Simcoe Citra Pale Ale. Phenomenal. Um, for you Shakespeare lovers out there, we did uh, Do You Bite Your Thumb at Us Vienna Lager. <laughs> we have done this before, but we changed the packaging up a little bit, right, so it's a little right. bit brighter. Uh, brilliant body, a little bit malty, a little bit, uh, a little bit more of a, a fuller uh, lager, if you will. Uh, and then something from... Uh, I forget the Burt Kircher. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, it's called the Pool Shower. It's a fruit punch sour. We, we've done it like two, three times a year. Great. Phenomenal, easy drinking. And then our new uh, Pale Ale, second time done this year. It's uh, not a it's not a man purse. It's called a satchel. Indiana Jones wears one. It's yeah. from The Hangover. Brilliant scene. Uh, we actually, it's kind of a new style, not new style, new method. There was a CO2 shortage, so instead of releasing the CO2, we captured it in their fermenting tanks and made the beer brilliant. So I, I know that in previous times, uh, you've come up with some really inventive names, really inventive beers. Um, you know, we're sitting here mid-November. Obviously, 2024 is just, you know, a couple weeks there, a few weeks down the road. Uh, big plans for the for the new year from Backcountry Brewing. Have you been? You got some exciting stuff coming down the uh, always down the pipeline. Yeah, yeah. Um, some I won't say, but yeah. like hopefully down the road we'll have a possibly another location. Okay. Uh, we'd love to have a, a restaurant and have a brew pub. I think possibly means you will have another location. No, no, no. Yeah. Okay. We'll see how the market goes. Yeah, it's been okay. kind of sketchy recently. Right. Um, other than that, we're just going to focus uh, focus on the beers we do. Yeah. Focus on the tasting room, get the patio going, do a few new uh, a few new events. We have some new merch that's just rolled out. Uh, some great hats, some amazing cheesy shirts. Um, yeah, we're just kind of like trying to grow smartly. With the way the market's going right now, we have to be very aware of people spending uh, spending habits. 
uh, and what the market can handle. So, uh, like some new sours coming out, some new pale ales, some very approachable new beers, lagers are and, super And I'm sure process. that you're working overtime on some incredibly crazy names for these products. Uh, right? We have a lot of staff. <laughs> and we have a cha- Slack channel they promote. Right. Uh, they can uh, sorry, add to. So we have like thousands of names. He is Mark Roberts from Backcountry Brewing. Cheers, my friend. Oh, so good seeing you. You bet. See you, Joe. See you, Rick. Just here for the Beer Radio on Sportsnet 650 AM and 96.9 FM HD3, Canada's original dedicated beer radio broadcast for over a decade. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at JHFTB. It's Just Here for the Beer Radio and your host Joe Leary and Rick Mohabir. Just here for the Beer Radio broadcast on Sportsnet 650 AM, also at 96.9 FM HD3, and available for streaming through all major streaming services. It's sponsored by Angry Otter Liquor with 29 locations across BC, including Riverside Liquor in Penticton and their 10,000-square-foot flagship store in Langley on 248th and Fraser Highway. We've been there. You need a golf cart to go through that Oh, my God, yes. Angry Otter Liquor is your premium liquor shopping experience. Shop and stop inside for all your holiday favorites. We're broadcasting from the John B. Pub on Austin Avenue in Coquitlam. This is one of our favorite spots. We do an annual show here, if not more. We love it. And we're joined by people from neighboring Coquitlam. This is still, to this day, the only brewer in Coquitlam. And it's Gill and Steel. And when I first met them, I thought, that sounds like a heavy metal duo <laughs> from the 90s. <laughs> no kidding. Eh? Nice, nice to see you guys. How are you? Oh, great. Thanks for having us. And, Very good. And, Still and, to be here. Yeah, and you're, you're newly at the helm of Mariner Brewing. Are you not surprised there's not more than one brewery in an area that size? I know, especially with the surrounding areas that like are smaller towns and yet have way more breweries, yet we're the only one. So it's... Uh, it's I'll take it. Yeah, no, no, I agree. And... What is your, because I know, Steele, you're a construction guy. Gil, I believe you're a, a chiropractor. Family chiropractor, Okay. Yep. So those don't sound like the kind of people that would buy a brewery. <laughs> uh, were you longtime friends? Were you out having a beer one night and you looked around and you thought, hey, you know, let's, maybe we should buy one of these. What do you think? How, how did the story start? Well, it, uh, it kind of started just before Christmas last year, maybe October. Yes. And uh, Gil had broken his wrist, and so the chiropractic uh, side of things wasn't working out for him that well right <laughs> at the time. Pretty hard to adjust people with a broken wrist. And he was contemplating a new business or some other practice. He was looking for a change. And then I was also looking for something kind of new. I've been running a construction business for 30 years. And um, it kind of started off as a joke. We joked about, what about starting up a microbrewery? And our wives put a stop to that pretty quick and said, there's no way we're going to be starting up a microbrewery. But maybe if we were to buy an existing one. Right, and then, and Gil- then that was yeah. actually before I broke my arm that he had brought that up, right. and we're like, no, we're not going to go there. And then, but then I'd already been transitioning out of my practice for a few years, uh, looking for other things, and so that's where when I broke my arm, that was like the, the last straw. So I said, well, yeah, let's take a serious look at at what else is out there and look for a for a business to purchase. And then, so when I found came across a brewery for sale, oh, it, you weren't necessarily looking for a brewery. It was no, just I was something looking, something was, else to do. I yeah, literally okay. just googled businesses for sale Vancouver, <laughs> and then uh, one of the one of the first listings I looked at was. Metro Vancouver Brewery for sale and I sent it to him kind of as a joke like hey what about this one 
and I just decided to request the information and then it actually turned out to be literally the closest one to my house I can walk it there from 15 minutes yeah. and you know we're just really community focused people like I, I've walked to work for the last 15 years uh, to my practice we love where we live and we just love that community and so when it ended up being there, had the whole team already on board, it was the right structure for what we needed. So we know on the business side of things and the branding side of things, but we didn't know the intricacies of the business, of actually being a brewer uh, and things like that. And so that's where it was a good setup for us to be able to take it over because it has a good bones, uh, but it, we're, we're putting the energy now. Isn't it funny how when two guys get together, all of a sudden all of these ideas start pouring out mm -hmm. and it always ends up starting as a joke? Yeah. Yep. And then somebody says, oh, no, 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 you can't do that. And then you're kind of like, yeah, watch me. And then, and then it just snowballs from there. It, it's, um, it, it's interesting because you're in a very, very competitive field. You, you've got the, kind of the reign of the territory of Coquitlam by yourself. But you know how competitive beer can be. And I know that you've done a really good job of late in taking, because the Mariner beer has been on point since day one. Day I think one, the brewery's yes. been around seven or eight years or something yep. like that. But um, you're new at the helm, and you're deciding to rebrand. You're also pimping the place up. I, I know that there's some exciting renovation plans coming, but you decided to rebrand some of your, your core beers. Yeah, I mean, for us, I mean, it's, it's a mix of things. There's one we found, I mean, just from the market analysis that we did, there's some confusion from Mariner Brewing, and there's more of the, the space theme with it. And so uh, a lot of people were confused on that. I mean, it was actually named after an old space program the Mariner Space Program, predecessor to the Voyager. Uh, but for us, it, we needed to make it our own, uh, make our own spin with it. So what I was really inspired by when I looked into it was their, their tagline before was explore territories unknown. And both of us, uh, Steele and I, were both big adventurers. Like we love outdoors, backcountry adventures. We do a lot of stuff like that together. And so that's really, like, on the branding side, it really lit me up in my brain and just going with it. And so we've modified it and evolved it to, to, to fit us. So it's made to explore. And whether that's exploring beers, exploring conversations, exploring places in our community. So that's why we've taken the branding and we're making it about places in our, in our local area. We're talking with Steele and Gill, the new owners of Mariner Brewing. Um, this is Coquitlam's only brewery, and it's undergoing some renos. Now, full disclosure, I host trivia there on Monday nights, so I've been, I've been privy to see all the changes you're making. You're making little twicks and tweaks here and there, and I know that you with your construction background, and Gil, I know you can swing a hammer as well, but you're doing a major reno uh, just around the Christmas holidays. Want to tell us what, what your plans are? Yeah, we, um, one of the major issues we have in Mariner is we lack seating space. So one of the things we wanted to do was increase the amount of seating space that's available. So our plan is to turn the upstairs into uh, a party room. Uh, with the upstairs, the, which has been office space. It's been office, office space in our kitchen. Yeah, right. yeah. So right. we're going to be moving the kitchen downstairs. And moving and turning the upstairs into a, a party room, essentially. So people, we can have events up there. We'll have our, a separate bar up there. You can have separate servers up there. And it's also overflow. So when the when the lower section gets too busy, we have overflow seating upstairs. We get a lot of requests for events, for private events. Sure. So that's yeah. what we'll have, be able to have a, a, an awesome, dedicated space for. I, I'm sure over beers we could probably have a more candid conversation. But what are, what are a couple of things that you've learned in the time that you've owned a brewery that you kind of really weren't anticipating have there been is it just been managerial <laughs> stuff? i love the has, smile on his face already <laughs> like, and he's he's nodding because uh, i mean you know you both deal with people you both deal with staff that's not an issue 
but is there things about beer or the regulations or restrictions or limitations owning a brewery that maybe have kind of thrown you for a loop a little bit? Um, I don't know. There's, I mean, there's, there is certain things about the business. Both of us have owned businesses in Coquitlam for, or in the Tri-Cities for a long time. I've had my business for 30 years. And in the six months of owning a brewery, our connections with the community, our connections with uh, city councillors, with, with the mayor, it, it, it's crazy that having a bus- another business in the community for that long, what we've achieved in six months with the social aspect of this business is quite staggering. Right. Uh, beer seems to bring people together. Yeah. And, they, and, and the idea of beer within the community... Um, it's a gathering point. So we get to meet lots of new people. I wasn't expecting to see that much of a social component to the beer industry. Right. But so far, so good, you would both say? Yeah, yeah I mean, so everything's been, I mean, that's where, like you said, we've both had businesses, we've started businesses, and so in that sense, we're, it's different coming into it this time because we understand, yeah, shit's going to come up. Like, yeah. There's always things that are going to go wrong. There's always some no, problems that are popping off. And so our ability to handle them, and we've been working really well as a team to play to our strengths and handle the issues. Um, I mean, there's there's always things, so that's why I was kind of laughing. Yeah. There's always things oh, that are coming always. up and this and that, but it's been uh, it's been a, a great journey. We've got a phenomenal team over there that, that luckily, I mean, it, we really have meshed well from the beginning. Right. Uh, so we've been able to, like, I'd say make changes faster than what we anticipated because well, they were all on board. With I- I'm excited for your 2024 calendar year because, I mean, you've got a nice patio that you can obviously reopen come springtime and you're going to have expanded space. You're going to have an expanded menu and uh, I'm excited for what the future holds. So targeting the beginning of the new year, we're probably about the 6th, 7th of January, something like that. That's the expectation. Yeah, the expectation. Is, uh, is what we're anticipating to be the grand reopening. Uh, I love the place. Fingers crossed for you. Yeah, guys. absolutely. Uh, Steel and Gelb, thank you so much for joining us. Best of luck with Mariner Brewing. Thanks a lot for having me. All right, cheers. Cheers. Just here for the Beer Radio on Sportsnet 650 AM and 96.9 FM HD3, Canada's original dedicated beer radio broadcast for over a decade. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at JHFTB. It's Just Here for the Beer Radio and your hosts Joe Leary and Rick Mohabir. Just here for the Beer Radio broadcast on Sportsnet 650 AM, also 96.9 FM HD3, and available in podcast form and all through all major streaming services. Just here for the beer is sponsored in part by Angry Otter Liquor. Visit your Thosis location today and pick up a four-pack. Angry Otter Lager back in stock. New cans, a new look, and a brand new partnership now with Yellowtail Beer. Angry Otter Liquor is your premium liquor shopping experience. We are at the John B. Pub in uh, North, uh, Coquitlam, sorry, North Road in, uh, in Port, no, Coquitlam. Coquitlam, yes, Coquitlam. right, right, okay. Uh, our guest is uh, Mr. Tristan Clark, who is the territory manager for Hoyne. Hoyne is one of the, uh, I think one of the first craft beers I really got was Hoyne Dark Matter. I think that's been the gateway for a lot of people with the Hoyne family. Tristan, would you say that's fair? People are still getting it, man. People are, yeah. And it's funny because, you know, we've had this, there's this sense of intrigue and mystery. What exactly is Dark Matter? What exactly is the beer <laughs> composed of? The and one we see falling off the truck all <laughs> yeah, the time. There are scientists, astrophysicists right now trying to figure that out. And, and we've had this conversation, and you've nicely deflected the answer. I know your website is vague about what it is. And we kind of just left it there, and then you recently won 
a gold medal at the BC Beer Awards under what category? Uh, it was the uh, Malty UK and Irish Ale, but it also won the best in show. Okay. Oh. Right. So that kind of narrows it down-ish, <laughs> I guess, right? <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I, you know what? It's funny Name because one. <laughs> it's, it, it's like unless you have a peanut allergy and you're concerned that there might be peanuts in it or something, why do I care exactly. what it contains? Do I right. like it or not? That should be the criteria. Right? I was just talking to somebody else about peanut in beer. i got to say I like it. He was a little torn. He didn't think it was a real thing. Ooh. Well, there, there has been that peanut butter beer. There's right. peanut butter beers for sure. But uh, This is totally off topic, but we just tried on our other RTD and Spirit show, we just tried a peanut butter whiskey. Ooh. And it is really good. It is really Dang. good. That yeah. sounds nice. Yeah, yeah. It's so good that it's making it into one of my batch of home fry air fried wings. So <laughs> uh, it's, it's really good. Anyway, Anyways. we digress. Yeah. We're not here yeah. to talk about peanut butter or anything like that. So so it's it's a, a, a winner, best in show. It's a perennial favorite. I mean, I, I don't know how... I don't know there are that many brands out there other than, you know, your neighbors in, in Victoria, Driftwood and Fat Tug, but I don't think there's many other companies that have an affiliation that are just so well known for a beer, and I know that that's a blessing and a curse. It's a blessing yeah, right. in the sense that everybody knows that beer, but it's like, hey, we have other stuff too. We got a lot of stuff. Yeah. We make tons of good beers. You know what? I brought two of the other guys for you guys tonight that... Also won uh, first place in their categories. Okay. What do you we got? brought the Finnegan's Dry Irish Stout. It got a gold medal at the Canadian Brewing Awards. And then the Svek Half Dark Lager. Uh, it got first place at the BC Beer Awards for an Amber Lager. Um, that's really cool packaging, too, by the way. Yeah. I feel like there's a lot of uh, gamblers. Yeah, I was, I was just going to say. <laughs> um, say yeah. <laughs> it's not a gamble, though. It's delicious. <laughs> well, we're gambling on what Svek means, but we think it means what? I think it's a shoemaker in uh, in Czech. Okay, and he does have a cobbler's hammer. Cobbler's in there, hammer, I believe, yeah. Right. So that's yeah, so probably fair. The way I understand it is one of the assistant brewers' grandfathers was a cobbler. Right. In the Czech Republic. Okay. Moment. All right. Well, it's funny because I, I think naming is part of the process of of the whole beer undertaking, and uh, I remember a great story about. Uh, a certain beer company in East Van that would hold a weekly quorum among brewers and staff and just, you know, how was the week? And, and there was one particularly hot day, and it was a Friday afternoon, and everybody just wanted to go. They just didn't want to stay in the brewery any longer, but they had to name a beer. And, uh, well, the story is that it was at P49, and the story was that someone, you know, they're looking for suggestions. Someone said, I don't know, Jerkface 9000, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> so they went with it. They went with Quorum on it. So, I mean, but but generally the naming process is infinitely more complicated than that, Tristan, correct? Well, you know what? I, we're involved. You know what? I, I got my coworker Andrew, here. She's not on the radio right now, but uh, <laughs> she's involved in some of the, the conversations in the back where, yeah, Sean asked us for names on the beers. And Sean being Sean Hoyne, who Sean we've, Hoyne. Had, we've talked about on the show for many years. We need to do a Victoria show and have Sean Hoyne on the Actually, show. Actually, <laughs> I, I had the, the honor of being over and doing a tour with Sean that the, he personally led me through and that, that kind of threw me off a little mm-hmm. bit but mm-hmm. an amazing individual he loves his beer you, oh. know what? The, you can tell when you go to that brewery how clean <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I, you would eat off something or he would yeah. kick your butt but yeah, yeah. <laughs> you could probably do it yeah. so, so um, anyway so getting back to Sean Hoyn we need to do a Victoria show we're, we're talking about definitely, doing that in the new year definitely, anyway definitely, definitely. Uh, but this is one of those men behind the name uh, behind the brand and I'm sure that he's one of those people anywhere he goes on the island uh, you know, dro- dropping off laundry. What, what's your name? Uh, Sean Hoyne. 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 Any relation to? Yeah, any beer? Yeah. So, how's the how's the uh, holiday season? Well, I mean, it is now the holiday season. How, how's it been so far for you? I love the holiday season. I know we, we, we talked about that yeah, earlier. We, say, we, we were, were talking. Dis- about disagreed it. about that earlier. <laughs> 
Nice. Good to see uh, you. We, we like and dislike it for opposite reasons. Yeah. yeah. I love that it's the time that people like to start buying lots of good product for their friends. Whether that be beer or not, it doesn't matter. But lots of good barrel-aged big beers come out around Christmas time where you know people are happy to spend $10, $15 on a bomber of beer. Mm-hmm. Especially get something a little different. Um, so I personally love Christmas. I'm a big dark beer fan, obviously. Mm-hmm. Right? You know, I got. Are you talking like just dark in color? You talking dark in heavy tasting? I like it to be rich and a little bit heavier. On you know, it doesn't have to be heavy in alcohol by any means. If I was being honest, and if you could make a beer that tasted as full and yes. rich as you know any typically without the high octane. Yeah, exactly. Like you know what? You got a lot of these non-alcoholic beers that I love. I love that they're coming out and stuff like that. But I find they tend to be a little bit thin. Yeah. I could probably close my eyes and yeah. tell you that it was non-alcoholic. Yeah. Even it was delicious. That's not really the point. I like that. I like the richness. Yeah. yeah. So, dark and dark beers, I like heavy. So, what's the um, basically over the holiday season? You probably look back in reflection. What What was 2023 as a beer you're known for, and what might Ooh. 2024 uh, have in store? I, I mean, because you, 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 uh, there's always trends that come and go. Well, and especially from a sales guy point of view, Tristan, because this is a little bit different than than. You know what the like honest when answer? we had Mike Carpenter um, on from from Whistler or excuse me from uh, Northam Whistler yeah. right so what what's your take on that you know what what I'm seeing right now is a lot of non-alcoholic beer yeah. there is a new generation oh. of people that are just aren't drinking as much which which is good for them right i mean yeah, yeah. it's, it's yeah. they're health conscious and such but you can still definitely get that with the lower ABV and the non-alcoholic beers that I think has really pushed people to innovate and make beers that don't taste thin, that don't taste like they're non-alcoholic, that taste like they're real beers. And I, I'm here for that, honestly. Like, they're absolutely divine. They're brewed exactly the same way. Well, the, the thing is, when you get into the non-alc category, we also do, a, a, I do an RTD and Spirits show, and there's a lot of non-alc in that category as well. And the thing is, is that, and I always use the... You know, comparison to O'Doul's, and I know if O'Doul's, well, O'Doul's must hate me. <laughs> O'Doul's used to be the non-alcoholic beer option back for sure. in the day, yeah. and it just didn't taste like beer. Yeah. It looked like a beer in a beer bottle, but it didn't taste like beer. That's come so far, and there's so many products right now that you really would have a hard time telling the non-alcoholic version from the alcoholic totally. version. Yeah, we're beyond placebo. Yeah. You're at the point where like yeah. the product is just as good, and yeah. I think it falls in the same category as beer. Like beer doesn't sure. mean alcoholic; right. it just means right. of you know it's this fermented yeah. grain yeah. essentially that tastes divine. And a lot of these non-alcs are like, I'm here for it. Yeah, I'm totally here for it. I can drink a lot well, more of those. It, and part of that is evolution in process and evolution in machinery, right? Absolutely. And equipment too, right? So it gives you n- new opportunities to start looking at that that category. For sure. As much as I may not drink a lot of them, I, I enjoy them definitely. So I hear a lot of people talking about it. I go to stores and I can see there's sections being carved out specifically for these That's really interesting. non-elk sections. Well, not only that, but it opens a whole new market because you can get your non-elk version into drugstores and yes. Safeways and, and all of these places that only brings more attention to the brand. I compare the non-elk thing to Beyond Meat. Yes. And the first time I yes. tried Beyond Meat, uh, it was Global Trattoria is known for their great meatballs. And all they had, they, they were out of beef meatballs. All they had was the Beyond Meat meatballs. So I said, you know what? I've never tried it. Let, let me have it. So I know going in, this is not meat. It's Beyond Meat. And in a nice marinara sauce, it tasted just fine to me. Yeah. Absolutely. And that to me is the litmus test. And yeah. again, it doesn't matter if there's you know, 10% ABV or 0%. Yes. If you can replicate the taste of dark matter in a non-alc version for someone who no longer wants to drink alcohol, I know you have the ability to do it. It's, it's time-consuming, and it's not any cheaper, just so people know. Totally. 
but but at the end of the day, if that's your preference, not to have the alcohol, yeah, there's there's multitude ways you can enjoy that. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's the point, Joe. Is that I feel like forever there's been non-alcoholic options. Yeah. Like if you go to the store into any place, they would have been everything liquid you're buying is sure. non-alcoholic. But sure. We're talking about non-alcoholic beer that tastes absolutely as similar. good as good yeah. as good as yes, yeah. exactly. No, that that's the secret. Uh, and again, when you started this. Pro, pro, just here for the beer, which originally started as Beer Fest. We started the show in 2010. Correct. But you go back many years before that. Yeah, and, about and 2005. I, yeah. Did you have non-alc on the premises? Well, and, and I mean, again, evolution, right? Yeah. At, at that time, like you said, it was O'Doul's or it was a Molson product or a, or a Coors product. But as the demand for it started to change, and I think that's what's happening now, right, with ketogenic diets and 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 you know, people still want that flavor, but not necessarily the calorie count from the alcohol. Um, I think you'll start to see more and more opportunities for those beers to show up in in uh, different marketplaces. Yeah, completely agree. Tristan Clark, what's the plan for the holiday? Well, you know what? I try to get uh, lots of sales done lots right before I do absolutely nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Got a little vacation time to use up here. Wouldn't know better time no. at Christmas, but... I, I know, as you think, it's the most wonderful time of the year. So I wish you the best of it. Oh, and uh, we always look forward to seeing you. And uh, we hopefully will reconvene somewhere down the river yes. in 2024. That's right. Joe, Rick, I had a great time, guys. Cheers. Cheers. Appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> is just here for the beer radio on sportsnet 650 am and 96.9 hd3 a vancouver broadcast tradition since 2010 check out the audio podcast at just here for the beer.com and follow us on instagram and twitter at jhftb here again are your hosts joe leary and rick moabir is just here for the beer. Joe Leary along with Nick Nazarek, who is the brewmaster of Strathcona Brewing. Always a pleasure to see you, sir. How are you? Well, I'm doing pretty well. How about yourself, Jeff? Excellent, excellent. Um, you are, we just celebrated our 13th anniversary uh, of Just Here for the Beer, which blows me away. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. And you were telling me that you are about to celebrate an anniversary. Eight years of Strathcona Brewing. Yeah, I want to say it's eight. I, fi- I think last year was seven. We, we opened in 2016, so I think that would it, be... It's all kind of a blur as yeah. you as you yeah. go forward, but it's amazing to see how far you've come because I remember the first time this place opened and like any any tasting room you're kind of limited initially as to what you can serve how much you can serve to how many people at the same time uh, and now you've got it I mean you've got a really good operation going here and you've got all these crazy beers you're now a brew team of three yeah right um, so are you impressed by by how far things have progressed oh yeah no well like every year it was kind of funny for the first couple of years we had year over year growth I mean like we started with five five fermenters and now we're up to ooh, just under just under 20 right so under 20 yeah wow. I think we have 1850s and uh, well I guess we do have 20 1850s a 20 and a 10 so and you have a second location to be opening in 2024 yeah so we are opening a new location in, uh, in Lonsdale Key in North Van. So that's that's going to be really fun. Uh, it should be opening early spring. We're just kind of still in construction, but uh, it's going to have a nice big patio. We're going to be doing like brunch as well as a little bit of a late night selection as well. So it's going to be really a lot of fun. Are you prepared?
prepared for the onslaught because that's a really high traffic area with the C bus terminal being right there, North Van, and it's not even seasonal. It's year round. Oh yeah. No, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. You know, things are kind of slower in the beer industry these days, yeah. so any 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 little step up you can get is just a bonus, right? And you are uh, obviously you will still oversee the operation in terms of what's brewed, but you're saying that you could have a little capacity to do some brewing there on premise as yeah, well. Yeah, it's kind of part of the the licensing. I think right now they say that you have to produce over X amount of beer to have that license as yeah. part of like the, the connectivity between this and our license here at right. Strathcona. Um, so we kind of have to, but right now X is zero. So, yeah. but that is not to say that in the next year or two they might raise that. So we just want to have a little bit of capacity that we can do stuff with, and it'll be something fun, right? The, the smallest batch we can do here is kind of a thousand liters, and we can't package anything there. But if we want to do really specialty or like really kind of avant-garde stuff, then I think it's going to be a lot of fun having the two and a half hex system that we have there. Well, if I read correctly, or if I heard correctly, I think the whole plan for the Lonsdale Key is to have like a kind of a food court with a license. Yeah. And I think you could actually walk around instead of just getting an Orange Julius or a, or or a, or a pop, you could actually have a beer. And I think, correct me if I'm wrong, I feel like they switched that licensing already yeah. so that you actually can have a beer okay. out there right now. Because yeah. I know that when we're opening, we're looking at getting um, just having like an off-sale selection so people can just grab beers and go walk along the pier. Right. So targeting spring of 2024, you can't be more specific than that. No, un- unfortunately, we're still waiting on permits. And, you, is, know, is, you know the city. The building is underway? The build's underway? Yep, yeah, the build's underway, yeah. Okay. And is that going to uh, make your job a lot more involved? Or are you, do you have the team that can handle it? Yeah, it's just going to, like I said, it's a really small system, yeah. two and a half hacks. So it's not huge. We're just going to have two fermenters. So the most we'll be able to brew there is pretty much once a week. Right. And that's if we wanted to pump it out, pump it out. Obviously, in the summer with a smaller team, we might have to get a little bit more help if we want to do that with that much frequency. Um, but you never know, right? Only time will tell. So you've come a long way in the time that we've known you on this show, Nick. So let's let's say let's say for the benefit of the doubt, let's say it's eight years that yeah. uh, that Strathcona is celebrating. Uh, and it was you and your dad initially yep. that uh, that were the were the brew team here, and then your dad kind of moved away, retired, kind of stepped back, and uh, handed the keys to the car to you. Yeah. Um, and uh, a lot has changed in in beer in that time. And I know that we often talk about your science nerdy beer science yeah. background, uh, but you've really brought a lot of things to the table. And one of your most popular beers is your Love Buzz. For sure. And it's getting different all the time, isn't it? Yeah. Well, we switch it up every time. Sometimes you bring back some of the classics. Yeah. Um, this one was kind of based off of a collab that we did with Fieldhouse a couple years ago, which was a spice pear sour. Um, so this one's actually an apple pie sour. So it's not overly sour, but the, the real trick of this one is I took like 1,200 pounds of apples and caramelized them overnight. I stayed here all night, boiling it for like 14 hours with brown sugar and stirring it in the kettle until it made this like caramelized apple sludge. Uh, and then we mixed the beer back into it, the wort back into it before we fermented it out. And it added spice and, and cinnamon and stuff like that kind of. And the result was? Fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Did you ever think you'd be doing that, making beer back when you were a, you were a home brewer initially? You and your dad were home brewers, my, were you not? My dad was a home brewer. It's kind of funny because when I went to university, I, he, he always thought my goal was to go into university so I could take science so I could come back to brewing, but I kind of wanted to get into something else. Yeah. And then I came to Vancouver to take my master's and my PhD, and he was kind of like, hey, do you want to come do this for a while? And I was like, sure, and I got into it. And now, you know, this is what, eight years later, so obviously I liked it. So when it comes to beer, is it still the more unique, the better? Like, are, have, have people sort of, because, I mean, there was like dill pickle goza, and oh, yeah. there, it, it seems to me there's nothing you can't throw into a beer. No, for sure. I think people, there was that kind of like excitement phase where it was like 
people weren't making just traditional beers anymore. They wanted to use avant-garde ingredients, things that were outside of the box, things that might not have traditionally gone well, uh, and a lot of them were a success. But I think now, even I think we see it a lot with the hazy IPA trend kind of slowing down a bit and West Coast coming back. People want beer that's crisp and crushable, yeah. clean, easy to drink. They do want some of that, but they don't necessarily want that all the time. And I think that's kind of the same thing with those avant-garde beers. I think people are going to be still making these kind of interesting things, but they're going to be a lot have a lot lighter hand going into it, and they're not going to be making them just like crazy out of the park, but maybe to kind of accent things that are already available in currently available styles. Now, you've always sort of had, like when you opened your doors, you, you had a couple of traditional standard type beers, and you still have those. And I understand you've got like some mixed packs now? Uh, so no, we do we do, do mix packs out of our tasting room, so we're doing mixed love buzz packs, right. um, just out of the tasting room though, but we um, are, with our anniversary coming up, we have a double mix pack coming out, so it's uh, we did two beers, we did a British IPA uh, which is just kind of kind of traditional like malty, toasty, not over the top very much traditional malts um, and, the, and traditional hops and with a little bit of a kind of a North American twist, we added a little bit of Cascade as well, and actually a touch of Waka too, so a little New Zealand twist in there too but still, it still turned out very traditional, uh, uh, and then we also did uh, West Coast, which we bring back, which was one of our, my head brewer, Sam, his kind of baby. Um, and that's just like crisp, clean, super easy drinking West Coast style. So this is a two two and two mix pack. We call it the Storm Demons IPA mix pack. Uh, the artwork is by James Acro, who's a local tattoo artist. Um, so he's doing a pop-up shop actually today. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and for the next little while. And uh, and he actually did the artwork for our, for our cans as well. So they're really cool. Well, I always... Uh... Uh, every time we talk to you about Strathcona Brewing, we always make reference to food. What's uh, what are you digging on the menu these days? Oh, they actually just launched quite a few things. They um, launched a chicken sandwich, which is absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, the special this weekend, next week, I believe, is a hamburger that we haven't done before, which okay. is actually really, really good as well. Yeah. Um, we're just kind of at the end of our October festing, so we just had a bunch of pretzels that were fantastic. Yeah. And then bratwurst and, and cabbage as well, which is also really good. Now I know home for you is Alberta. Are you uh, home for the holidays, or I what's am. what's the plan? I haven't been back in a couple years, so I have to go see my mom and my family. And, and do you live in rural Alberta or, or big city Calgary, Alberta? Calgary. Calgary. Okay, what's what's the beer scene there these days? Um, for a long time, it was really kept down by the NDP government or by the uh, the Conservative government before yeah. the NDP. Yeah. Um, and then when the NDP came in, they kind of opened things up so you could actually have a lot of smaller breweries. So I think now this is a couple years into it, people are starting to like actually get there. The last time I went there, it was still well. No, there's there's amazing like like establishment and there's tons of great. The, the last the last two times it was at Calgary Airport, all I saw. Were big Rock tap handles. Is it is it more than Big Rock? Yes, it definitely is. <laughs> but it's not it's not like Vancouver's beer scene. No, it's not quite. Well, there there is a lot, but I think there's still a lot of those traditional bars are still going with their their original like you know Wilson Coke kind of tap list, uh, and they bring in the craft stuff just kind of for specialty craft beer bars there and um, and for like one offs and stuff. Well, with your new satellite tasting room, because that's what the term is satellite tasting room opening up in the Longsdale Key in North Van sometime in the spring of 2024. I mean, has anybody ever gone out of province for a satellite tasting? Room, or does that get into a whole other set of regulations? That's a question that is beyond my purview. That's I'm something afraid. to think about, my yeah, friend. Yeah, it is something to think about. Yeah. Um, I'm wondering if that would even come into Tidehouse regulations because yeah. that's kind of within your own things. It might right. just be a satellite company that you'd have to set up with the Alberta government or wherever you're going to do it, right? Yeah, but it'd be kind of cool if you had one in Calgary where you could fly home for business. Yeah. Wouldn't that be cool? That would be cool. Nick Nazarek, always a pleasure, man. We will uh, hope you have a great holiday season and we'll look forward to seeing you again in 2024. Cool. Thank you very much for having me. Cheers. 
just here for the beer radio is heard exclusively on Sportsnet 650 and is podcast through just here for the beer.com. For more information, check out just here for the beer.com and on Instagram and Twitter at JHFTB.